Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, as promised, Joff and I are back for a second year running to talk albums of the year so far. So keep listening for our personal highlights of the last six months and also some on-the-spot predictions for how the end of the year may or may not look. Also coming up, I spoke to renowned writer, broadcaster and DJ Dave Haslam on his brilliant new book, A Life in 35 Boxes, inspired by him making the decision to sell his record collection. It makes for such a fascinating conversation. I really, really enjoyed talking to Dave. So stay tuned for that a little later on. But before I bring Joff in, who is waiting very, very patiently just outside the studio, uh, here's one from a new one this week. Sydney-based Garage Rock four-piece body type released their first two EPs on vinyl for the very first time and if you are quick we have a Rough Trade exclusive edition on slime coloured vinyl the perfect partner to their lo-fi DIY punk and yeah here's one to ease you into their gang they've got a gang it's like a gang I really want to be in their gang but yeah this is body type and Uma I've been thinking Stop. 
So I'm here with Joff, and as promised, we are going to be chatting about albums of the year so far. As we did last year, and we felt it was quite successful, and we yeah. quite enjoyed doing it. So we figured we'd do it again. I mean, last year, I was just thinking, I my own personal um, choices, two of them, I'd picked two albums I couldn't decide between, both nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys. So... Oh, this there is we probably go. yeah. So this is probably. I was one Casey. One was Casey. One was Brandy Carlisle. So it, yeah. um, obviously, I know what I'm talking about. So yeah. that's why you brought me back. <laughs> obviously, that's why this, I brought you this, back. So the, yeah, the, these are pretty much the list for the Grammys here with these these albums yeah, we're picking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Ignore all the Rolling Stones, the Guardians. Uh, you know, this is it. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this is this is it right here. Um, so obviously, so much has already come out, and there's been so many good ones that it's a bit tough to kind of condense it into our little podcast. So what we've done is we've picked four each that we're going to chat through. And then we'll also have a little spiel at the end about what we think might be in the end of year list, any other mm. mentions. But this isn't the Rough Trade top 10 yeah. list, just to be clear. It, important important <laughs> to mention this, disclaimer. Um, this is purely Joff and I's personal like, highlights of the year so far, rather than the overall Rough Trade yeah. album of the year type yeah, you have stuff. to wait till November for yeah, that. Yeah, so um, so yeah, should we should we kick off? Yeah, do you want to go first? I'll go first because I'll get this one out of the way because okay. everybody who listens to this podcast regularly <laughs> will know the one I'm going to say first, <laughs> which is Fontaine's DC and yeah. Dog Roll. Um, I've spoken about it so much, I feel like this is just rehashing the same old stuff, but it's just so great from top to bottom. Um, I think you're just left wanting more. I think. I was a bit not kind of not excited for when they kind of came along, but I thought, you know, there's a lot of kind of guitar bands out there doing this sort of thing. And Ireland seems to have spawned like such a wash of new talent this year. I was kind of thinking what's going to be so different about these guys, mm. but they've just like embedded themselves in <laughs> to my brain and heart and being, cause I just love them so much. They're mm. just big, gritty, um, really like in your face songs and I just think they're brilliant and the lyrics are brilliant the writing's brilliant and they're just such lovely people as well like really really <laughs> humble oh I sound like this <laughs> obsessed <laughs> mega fan. you really fangirling <laughs> I really am yeah. but it's great you should go listen to it if you haven't heard it already <laughs> it's, I like the um, I like how loud the vocals are mixed yeah just on the record I mean yeah I just think it's mad yeah. how high they are but it's really refreshing to hear yeah it um, is uh, and it's I a think, fun record. It's got some good tunes on there. Yeah, and obviously there's hundreds of Irish bands, but I feel like you never quite notice a broad accent as much as you do when you hear dog. No, I dog love roll. people who sing in an accent. Yeah, when it comes across. It's um, it's always really refreshing. Yeah, one of my choices is is again, it's that sort of Australian sound that's coming over, Australian New Zealand sound. And, yeah, um, people like Amon Sniffers and Stella Donnelly. You can really hear. Them. I mean, they sound like they're from Neighbours. Yes, singing, and I love that. And it's the same with these guys. But yeah, not from Neighbours, obviously. But, <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's just got to be my first choice, really. And just to skip ahead, but I I can't imagine this won't be in the end of the year list. I really can't. No, I'm sure this will be in the actual rough trade top yeah, ten. Yeah, um, I, I can't see it not happening. I'll have words if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, watch yeah. this space. Um, do you want to do? An Are you playing one? a track from this one? I'm not gonna because you, I feel you like don't, you've played them all. I've played probably about three every in the week. last two. Yeah, every week. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm sure there'll be much more to come. So I kind of want to savor it a little uh, bit. But I'll play. I'll play something off this. Whatever I'm choosing next. So yes, next, I'm gonna choose the Little Sims album, um, Grey Area. Um, 
just it just the first down was was really strong she played in the shop and it was amazing but i was really surprised when this record came out just at how much she lifted the sound and yeah. how like comprehensive it was just so there were so many ideas thrown into it but all of them work and it's just such a great pop record as well as being a great yeah grime or um hip-hop rap whatever you know record um and uh yeah, there's loads of collaborations on there with like Cleo Soul, Chronics, and Michael Kimanuka's on there, and um, it's just, it's very, it's quite an, uh, it doesn't like hold its punches. Is that the pull its punches, hold its punches? It doesn't hold back. Hold back, yes. Or pull its punches. It, you know, it's it sort of goes over after all these sort of different targets, and it's just, it's it's an angry record, but it's still just such a great pop record. Yeah. And, um, I just think it's amazing, and I really feel like this yeah. this should be in our top ten and in the year as well. But um, I feel like it's really put her up a step from her previous yeah. work. Not that that wasn't great too, but it's really put her on the map, as it were. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it was weird that it was missing from the Rolling Stone list actually, and the Guardian's list. So um, I think they got that wrong. Yeah, um, and we're here to to just, <laughs> to, just to, to rectify, rectify that. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so, but I mean, just get the record because it's just it's amazing. And let's play a track of it, I guess. Um, this one is this track called 101 FM, which is, it's just got this really weird sort of structure and um, beat behind it, but it's kind of like a girl group song as well, like Shangri-Las. Mm. It's got this amazing like backing vocal, which is just, it's so funny because it's like doing what all those girl group, like groups used to do with like do call and response and stuff, yeah. but they're saying things like, couldn't give two fucks and betting and it's just really <laughs> funny it's one of those sort of things like praying and wishing which is like always traditional it's just a really amazing backing vocal and um i just think it's amazing, amazing. so this is 101 fm and this is little sims off gray area Avelino used to make tracks Living and die in the LDN and Nens is mad She's crazy Trappers and a whole family in the same damn flat Eve trying to get a salary while Adam out here licking shots to the cats Don't let Shibs on a Friday pulling up a J-Bob's gas Tutu gal getting moved by Tutu man Come off the decks if you can't mix it's not happening More time gunshots in the air like bat 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 mad Book smart with the bars but I never learned that from school 16 doing up radio sets, I'm spinning up all them fools. Spinning up, spinning up, yeah. Times I will get home late to my mumsy's crib. Simbi, who you with? What have you done? Where have you been? Shit. Tears in my eyes, real tears when Ken got nicked. Tore everyone apart, but the Lord don't give two shits. Just another black boy in a system, do a time it been. But he had a heart for the gold, good intent with a smile so big. He did, he We used to have dreams of getting out of flats. Playing PS2, Crash Bandicoot, Mortal Kombat. Master my flow like Dizzy and Buster. Legends. And one day buy real weed from a Rasta. Sticking down baby hairs way before Insta. Way before Times when I had a diamond in my chain, all for one little pose in a picture. Snap, snap. Yeah, yeah never wanna start putting them trees in Rizla. And to the niggas that fell off in this thing, nah, we don't miss ya. Nah, we don't. But sometimes you have to go missing. Either way, yeah, I was hoping, praying and wishing. Now I'm doing up some mad things, doing up big things. Still I'm in ends when I pass through juniors, planting. 
getting ready on site when I walk in. Wayne shouts out, yo, I'll go on sistering. Killing with flows, one by one, or I kill him with bones. Sims is the only one in a job. It's bait, everyone in under knows. Still not, they don't want to give no props, but life's good when you make this much snow. I'm laid back, I'm good, I'm easy. Old school moves too damn easy. In my Air Force One, new era hat. Then these two crash bandicoot, Mortal Kombat. Used to bunt training, dip the conductor. Betting from a roster. Bettings. We used to have dreams of getting out of flats. Ooh, we did, we did. Bus rides to the studio just to make tracks. DC one. I'm lost in my flow, Leluda and Kano. Arts new and recent, them man, trust me, they know. Trust me, they know. They know, they know. Listening to you sounds a little Sims. Little Slims. This is 101 FM. We're live at ya. Top of the flats. Can't see us, but you can hear us. We're loving it, you're loving it. That's Little Sims. <laughs> Big Sims. Big Sims. <laughs> Big Sims. We're talking. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love her. I think she's great. Particularly when she played. I'll never forget that record store day, 2018. Yeah. When she played in the store. And it was just crazy. It was so good. It yeah. was so good. She's yeah. great. Um, so next I'm going to chat about A.A. Bondi, um, who, I think it was our album of the week at Rough Trade UK when this came out, um, and his album Endiness. So I didn't really know anything about him before this appeared in my life. Um, <laughs> but apparently he quit music in 2012, so a fair while ago. And then some sort of instance where he got held underwater for too long, and it was, I can only imagine it was that like... Sorry, black... is this just a dream you're talking no, about? No, no, it's, it's very, well, <laughs> supposedly very okay. real, unless it's, you know, kind of been enhanced for the purpose of the PR. <laughs> but uh, he supposedly got held underwater for too long in 2015. And I guess he must have had one of those moments where, you know, your life flashes before your eyes. Kind of had this awakening. So he was held underwater? But, and I can't make out whether... He held himself underwater, or whether he was being yeah, he held owe down. someone money or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like Lit, uh, quite curious that, but it doesn't detail. Okay, the carry on with the story. <laughs> um, so yeah, had this kind of awakening when he was being held underwater, and subsequently decided to start writing music again. Thus, we have the album in 2019, Endiness. But he recorded it all at his home and did everything himself. He's not um, professionally trained in any kind of instruments or production or anything but the whole record was created by him solely everything you hear on it which is pretty cool but then it gets weirder because the day after he finished recording the final record his house burnt down oh fire and water yeah unbelievable held underwater (laughs) (laughs) so in that time frame between being held underwater and his house burning down he had to like scrabble together like writing again making music again making yeah. an album and thus we have it which isn't doesn't really be- bear any it doesn't explain doesn't, doesn't really the record explain doesn't sound like so he was held underwater <laughs> or, but it is a great record it is a great record it is a great record it is um, become kind of a bit of a staff hit yeah I definitely feel. I know Amy's all over it yeah. and, and Rob and stuff they yeah. always which it. thus obviously seeps into the veins of everybody yeah else it's always nice when, trade. yeah um, but it's quite um, a desolate album. I think it's been recommended um, to listen to it at the dead of night. 
Yeah. So, you know, just shut yourself in a dark room. Yeah. She's <laughs> great. Um, put the needle down. <laughs> um, which I agree with. And I think it's really cool. I really like it. And I think it won't, I don't think it's the sort of record that you will find in many of these big mainstream lists. No, it's definitely going to be in the, in the like the staff. Yeah. And the, you'll see it in a lot of staff yeah. lists, I think, and it might yeah. end up hopefully having an effect on sort of the. The overall, the overall top ten, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I think it's great, and I think everyone should give it a listen. Um, um, are you playing something off this one? Do you know what? I'm not playing something <laughs> off this one. I'm going to play something. Should I talk about my next one? Yeah, talk about like the that? next one. Yeah. Okay, the next one is Karen O and Danger Mouse with Lux Prima, um, which is amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it took a little while to in, to bed in with me, I think. Yeah, but um. I don't want this to sound bad, but it's just really great background music. That sounds really awful. Yeah. But basically, I was having, we had some people around for dinner one night, <laughs> me and my boyfriend, and we were like, oh, what, what record should cooking? we put on? What were we drinking? What were you cooking? Oh, was I cooking? Yeah, yeah. I was. I made like Thai, thai noodles. Nice, nice. nice. Okay. nice. Um, which was Jamie's 15 minute recipes, FYI, and okay. it took a fucking hour. <laughs> so that was a lie. But anyway, it was very nice. Um, and we wanted some music, like background music that you can chat over. It's not too kind of, doesn't, get in the way of the chat, yeah. but it's like, gives a nice atmosphere, sets the evening yeah. up. And I sort of, I just bought this record. So I flung it on and actually it was brilliant. Really atmospheric, just set the tone for the whole evening really well. Um, and it's just a very sprawling cinematic album. I think it's beautifully reflected in the artwork, which is like that kind of, that's like kind of space. Yeah. Black with like the stars. The, it feel, the album feels nice as well. Yeah, it does. Yes, it's, it's got that really nice texture, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's brilliant. And Karen O's voice is just one of those unmistakable voices of your youth if you're kind of in your yeah, 30s or 40s right was, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. For All Points East. And it was amazing. Yeah. Seeing her back because she means so much to me from sort of seeing her yeah. years when I was younger. And and then she turned up on the um, Daniel Lippy record last yes, year. Yes, she did. And, that was um, great. Her voice just, yeah, it's just one of those, when you hear it, it just really fills me. It's just joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's the solo stuff as well. But this is, feels like this is the closest we've got to sort of a, a fully, like, realised Karen O record. Even though yeah. it isn't a solo record, it's, it is actually feels like if she was to do a solo record, it would sound most yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, but it's a brilliant pairing. I guess because Danger Mouse isn't a, a vocal yeah. addition to this. He's, yeah. you know, very much... Um, contributed to that kind of cinematic well, orchestral that's the thing. It sounds feel. like a beautiful soundtrack yeah. to a film that doesn't exist. And, yeah. And um, it would be set in space. Yes, it would. And there would be um, some underwater, before it's held underwater. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but it would be, yeah, it's a lovely record. Yeah, it is. It's definitely one of those, like, summer records, lazy days, road trip, having some dinner with your mates. Yeah. Like, just really nice or just sit and listen to it by yourself because I think you can get totally <laughs> lost in it it's just lovely yeah um so yeah it's also got some tracks that are quite like punchy like her track woman but mm. then the one I've gone for is called ministry which is definitely it feels like floating on water when you listen to it <laughs> it's lovely um so yeah here we go this is Karen Owen Danger Mouse and ministry Thank you. 
great <laughs> ministry by <laughs> Caroline Danger Mouse <laughs> off uh, Lux Prima. Lux Prima. I was yeah. going to say Lou Prima, but I don't think it is. <laughs> no, I think it's we're... definitely Lux. Prima. Lou Prima is. I don't, yeah. I'm trying to make it sound, yeah. you know, really even sexier <laughs> than, it, than it already is. <laughs> Lou Prima. Uh, um, okay, so my next choice is Caitlin Bond Reward. Again, this is one that I know Ben really loves and Iris here. And um, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a massive Caitlin Bond fan before. I've never really got her voice and I found her quite yeah. jarring and it never really sat that well with me. Always got played in the shop heavily and... By the time an album had finished, this is me just slacking off Kate Lamont. <laughs> but by the time, you know, we would got through the like the yeah. life of an album, I would have heard it way too much and I'd be sick of it. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't looking forward to a new Kate Lamont record. Okay. And and um and then this album came out and it's just so beautiful and it's just so such a sort of a move on from the, the last album. Mm. I just feel like it's it's taken those sort of like the quirks and the ideas and just made it into quite a beautiful um, monster of a record. Um, <laughs> so she made it in, well, she wrote it, started writing it when she was in the Lake District. Um, yeah, sounds lovely. Love she was like there for a year working, on, um, she was doing an intensive furniture building course. Oh, wow. During the day. Okay. <laughs> and then in the evening, she'd just go home and write um, these songs on the piano, um, which became the sort of demos that then they, they used to, to make the um, album out and sort of added saxophone and mm. synthesizers and sort of metallic percussion to those to flesh them out. And um, the saxophone is amazing on this record. It's um, and it kind of has this sort of Bill Wells feel to the saxophone, um, sort of quite um, naive jazz, I suppose, is maybe what it is. Um, and it just it's a lovely record. It's just I just feel like Caleb Bond is just. It lifted the lifted, game. Yeah, just lifted yeah. the game, set the bar. Set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing really bad <laughs> with our phrases to say. Oh dear. Oh um, yeah, I just think um, if this isn't in the sort of in the reckoning at the end of the year, then I'd be surprised as well. Yeah. Um, Did you go to her live set at Rough Trade East? And she yes, she played here. Yes. Um, and uh, it was very good. And all her band have dyed their hair the same colour as her. Oh. It's a peculiar thing to do. She's blonde, isn't she? She's blonde now, yeah. 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 Um, It was really good. Yeah. I get It's one of those things because I hadn't heard the record yet because I think it was the day before the record came out or the day. Um, I hadn't heard it and I was just blown away by it live. I was here for the social, you know, aspect of it. Yeah, but then... Not expecting to enjoy it because I'd never... um, I'd never, like, I always understood but she just isn't my sort of artist Mm. usually. Um, Mm. Yeah. and uh, I just thought it was amazing. The songs yeah. are so good. The melodies are beautiful. And um, we're not going to hear any of it, though, because this is not, I'm not choosing to chat for this. Uh, so all this. <laughs> you build well, up to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I didn't go to the end store, but I watched it via Courtney Barnett's Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. She was here at the she side. Was she was actually kind of getting in the way of me oh, really? getting a good oh. Instagram story. It's fine. I, won't, okay. I went well, down I won't. the other side, but she was kind of in the way. Oh, right. It wasn't. She wasn't quite as good as Instagram stories as you uh, have to No, admit. I saw her. So that's just quite <laughs> cute, though. That's what's <laughs> good. quite cute. Yeah. Um, should I do another one now and play something yes. off it? Yes, do. How many more have you got to do? I've got one more and to play. And you're going to play something off that? Yeah. So let's have another chat and play. So should we chat and play? Do you want to chat and play or should I chat and play? Shall I chat and play and then we'll go back and you chat and then I'll chat and then chat and play. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So my 
a final one is... Now, this is a bit of a funny one because I was really thinking for a thought for a fourth title because you always have the standouts and then you have mm. kind of this plethora of other ones that, you know, are all on the same level. Yeah. Um, but I went for this because I actually had... It's Andrew Bird. And I had Andrew Bird in to do some bird, shoplifting. Eh? <laughs> bird. 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 <laughs> Um, I had Andrew Bird in to do some shoplifting for Instagram TV a couple of weeks ago, which you can go watch on Rough Trade Instagram TV if you happen <laughs> to be interested. But he's very lovely, and he released his album, My Finest Work Yet, which I happen to also <laughs> agree brilliant. is his finest work yet. It's a great title. It is album. a great title, uh, very recently. And it's actually really brilliant. And I've never, I've dipped in and out of Andrew Bird over the years, but like you said with Kate Le Bon, was never really a huge fan was mm. never it wasn't really my kind of go-to bag as it were um but this is great i really really like it and it's just if you're a fan of andrew bird i think you'll be happy yeah. if you don't know him i think this will be of interest to it's you it's like a classic american yeah album so that sort of american songbook idea that just those sort of yes those um songs that have always been it just it's in like that vein of of classic songs yeah that, um yeah um, I think he writes about, which, you know, is quite common these days, but writes about, you know, common current day difficulties mm. and also how to identify a moral compass amongst these difficult and quite divisive times, <laughs> uh, which is something we can all relate to. But um, he himself and the band taped all of the songs live, like without headphones or them being in different places or anything, so that it felt really really like put together and everything blended really well mm. and I think that really comes across when you listen to it and yeah I just really like it and most of all I just like this one song in particular <laughs> okay it's called Sifsis don't really know what Sifsis I, means how's that spelled it's spelled S-I-S-Y-P-H-U-S that's Sisyphus that's the Greek I thought it was like so he's the guy that rolls the um so he's condemned to roll a boulder up um, a mountain for the rest of his life and then he rolls back down oh. again and he does that every day. It's kind of like I work here is Sisyphean. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like that. We, okay. We um, we kind of just roll records and then it's yeah. sort of roll down again and then we oh. stack it the next day. So that's, I guess that's that's what it's about. And about that is Sisyphus. a daily difficulty. That well, our lives are basically yeah. quite like Sisyphus. And there we yeah. go. That's probably what he's referring to. I just clearly <laughs> haven't listened to the lyrics well enough. I've just been enjoying the tune. Yeah. But there we go. No, it's a great song. And Sisyphus, quite like, it's quite a nice word, isn't it? It is good, yeah. Even though I didn't know what it meant. But uh, yeah, let's have a listen. This is Andrew Bird <laughs> and Sisyphus.
So, my next choice is the one I'm not playing something from. It's Stella Donnelly, Beware of the Dogs. This is actually my number one album at the moment. Is it? Of the year. I don't want to give, I know people have been waiting for my top 10. <laughs> uh, I don't want to um, give it away, but this is currently number one. There are records still to come out yep. that may challenge that for may it, challenge but it. I'm not going to mention them because they haven't come out yet. Um, and this is this is a great record this yeah. i just i did really i like thrush metal the ep that came from last mm. year i liked it and it was kind of raw and um angry and it was all the things i love in things but the production i just thought it was just like her and a guitar really and i wasn't expecting with where the dogs she came out with like full production and it ended up sounding more like a sort of it was a, it's such a poppy record really mm. Um, it kind of sounds like a Kate Nash record or something like yeah, the, yeah. the great Kate Nash second album, which yeah. I'm always talking about. <laughs> um, and it's still there, sort of the humor and the darkness. I mean, it's an angry record, but it's funny as well. And it's, um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the K records bands, like the softies and stuff and, and Courtney Barnett and like Jonathan Richmond and stuff. Those sort of, um, it's the kind of speaking they, they kind of speak their delivery mm. um and her voice is just you can just hear her accent yeah so strong and it just it's just brilliant because it yeah. sounds like a character from neighbors has made a record um <laughs> she's uh, from is she from perth though hmm. i think she's from west oh, so you can you detect can you tell like no, a, a, but i just remember reading a regional accent because i've had a few australian Bands because I had the psychedelic yeah. punk crumpets of the week, and they're from Perth, and obviously Tony Parler from Perth, Ponder from Perth, okay. the psych 
epicenter of the right, world. Right. Okay. And usually, like the Courtney Barnetts, etc., come so from Melbourne. From? Or right. Like from, from the east. And where was Neighbours set? Melbourne. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure around there. Yeah. Melbourne. Okay. So I should be able to detect something, a difference in her voice. I feel like she's from Perth, though, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's like, not psyche. Not that yeah, everybody yeah. is psyche. Psyched from, yeah. from Perth, but, like, <laughs> but she's oh, cool. not. Yeah, she's um, West Coast. I went. Her show that I went to see was my kick of the year as well. So really, far. Oh. it was incredible. There was dance routines. So for this really? song, I'm about. Well, I was going to pick this song. We're not playing it, but um, this song, <laughs> Die. Um, there was a dance routine. I mean, it was incredible. It was so good. There's so much humor. Obviously, uh, music uh, songs are, are dark and angry often, and. Mm. But she could just switch between that and doing some of the best stand-up I've seen. Really? On stage, um, between she has songs. She's such a personality, isn't she? Yeah, and it's just amazing. I think it's such a lovely... The night never felt heavy or anything. It was just such a joyous thing. And while she was singing the songs, people obviously getting so much from them lyrically. And then she'd just break straight into a gag afterwards. And yeah. it was just like switching between the two. It's just... It's, it's hard to do, I think. And, um, yeah, it was... It was a really special night. And we're not going to hear it now because oh. we're not going to hear my next choice, are we? <laughs> hey, maybe we could play it. I'll try and stick it in at the end of the yeah, show. Okay, yeah. Die is. Die. It's, it's, it's an absolute banger. Okay. Um, so, my last choice, though, for my four albums of the year is um, probably going to annoy quite a few people who work here because every time it comes on, people moan about it. Oh, really? But Nigel loves it at this album um, and I love it. And uh, it's Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride. And it, I just think it's incredible, this record. Um, it's 18 tracks long, which when I first saw it, I just thought that, that's going to be, that must have so much filler on there. Yeah. And really, it's only like one or two songs that I'd probably take off that. And they're other people's favorites. So, and they're like single, you know, they're just songs I don't personally like oh, that wow. much. But I didn't realize it's, it was 18. It's really long. It's like a sort of Sandinista or a white album. It really is like a sprawling mess. It just, it's so all over the place, but it really holds itself together. I guess his voice really holds it together just because it's so distinctive. Um, And there's loads of people on it, like Mark Ronson's on it, Chromio, um, Sam Gendel's on it. And, um, And the tracks I particularly really love, and I know Nigel's really into as well, are the ones with Danielle from Heim. um, Because she's... Their voices sound quite similar, hers and Ezra's, and they, um, yeah, it's quite. Sometimes you can't tell who's singing. It's just a really, they really sound amazing together. Um, and there's like three or four things that she duets on, um, and I just think the record's amazing. I mean, it sounds like Vampire Weekend, but it's just goes through so many different sort of phases of mm. Vampire Weekend that it's mm. just a much bigger record than they've ever tried to do before, and it. It works for me. Um, it's worth just like living with. It's in. It's a, I've got the CD in my car, and uh, just. Oh, really? yeah, uh, but I haven't. Um, I always forget to take a new CD out to the car, <laughs> <laughs> so it's always it's the one that's in there. That, yeah. yeah, but I haven't. It hasn't been a problem. Um, it's quite strange, um, and I guess that's why I've sort of just listened to it over and over again. And it does take a, like a little bit of time. At first, you sort of pick up on the the obvious hits and the singles and mm. stuff, but it's the sort of more downbeat tracks that sometimes. Um, stick with you and this is the last track on the album and it's with Danielle and um, it's called Jerusalem New York Berlin and uh, it sounds like this (laughs) I know I loved you then I think I love you still 
But this prophecy of ours Has come back dressed to kill Three stones on a mountain Three small holes in a field You've given me the big dream But you can't make it real Such a dream, an endless conversation since 1917. Now the battery's too hot, it's burning up in its tray. Young marriages met and dying where they lay. Vampire Weekend is that in your top ten at the moment? Yeah, that's around there. I mean, that's gonna that's in the top five, definitely. Okay. Um, it's yeah, that's in there. Stella's in there, and a couple of records that haven't come out that I've been lucky enough to hear. Yeah. Uh, in there in the top five, um, Little Sims will be in there as well. Is one of the records yet to come the Taylor Swift record? But well, no, because I only haven't heard that. I won't get to hear that, even though um. I know people who should be able to get me that record. Okay. They are, I'm never get to hear it early. I don't know about Taylor. I'm worried. You know, that first single was a little bit, um, it was a little bit Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Um, Sh- sugary. Yeah. The second one was stronger. Um, and I just, we're just going to see when it comes out. I, I think the artwork's great. And I'm excited. Obviously, I'm, anything she does, I'm excited mm. about. But whether it'll be in the top 10, I mean, her last album was. Reputation when it made a very controversial decision there um, between me and my friends <laughs> for me to put that in the top 10. But um, 
we just have to wait and see it at this point. It comes out in August. Usually our albums come out in November. So okay. it's coming out quite early for a Taylor album. Okay. Um, You've got a bit more time to live with it then. Exactly, the yeah. End, so. Reputation just made it in, um, even though I only had it like about two weeks, I think. Um, I mean, it's exciting. August is, it it is, is very exciting. It it's is. a few days for my birthday. Oh, wow. um, Going to see um, Ariana Grande a couple of days before. I mean, oh, it's just a very exciting week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, and... Um, now I've said all that, everyone's going to completely discount <laughs> all my choices here. No, not at all. Um, but they are our, well, top eight for so far this year. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's loads more. That, there are that loads in more. There. I mean, there's, Should we pick out just a few more? Yeah, I'm thinking, I was thinking about things that keep getting played in the shop that um, sort of stick out to me. One's the Priest's album, Seduction of Kansas, okay. um, which keeps getting played. And again, Amy, I know she loves it. And um, every time it goes on, I... Shazam it, which sounds like a bad thing, but yeah. it's just because I think I remember how much I love it and I want to remind myself because yeah. I just listened to That's um, exactly what I did with the Andrew Bird record. It just kept Shazam, Shazam it. it. Yeah. Sometimes I do it because I don't recognize the record and I'll be like, not again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but with that one, it's just because I, oh, I need to listen to this more outside. I love yeah. this record. So it's really good. That Priest one, the Mac DeMarco album is it's probably my favorite Mac DeMarco record yet. Yeah, it wasn't at first. Oh, really? At first, I was. I just thought there's nothing really happening on this record. Yeah, that's, yeah. And then the more it got played, the more it was, because it's quite stark and sort of meditative. meditative. And uh, it doesn't, often the lyrics repeat and stuff like that. It's quite um, stripped back. And I just, at first I just thought he was, I thought he was like trying to get out of a contract or something because <laughs> it was just so little going on there. Um, and then it got like sort of the third time. I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful record. Mm. And seeing it live was amazing as well. It was so good. And it's, now it's probably my favourite Mac to Mike, which is a real shock because it didn't start yeah. being that. But yeah. it's just a real grow. It's beautiful. Um, Sharon Van Etten, yeah. that album gets a lot of play in the shop and that's going to be big. Um, that Tyler the Creator album, I've just started sort of falling in love with that a little bit. Um, and Anderson Pax, Ventura as well. That's great. Yeah. Um, Springsteen. Yeah, this is one that I said to you before we sat down. It's come up in a lot of people's yeah. lists, which I was a bit surprised about, not because it's not good, just because I feel like it's one of those that you just check box, good mm. album, but there's other stuff we need to mention. Yeah, it feels like every sort of, every few albums, Springsteen makes one that's very zeitgeisty that sort mm. of feels like the rising was the last one um that sort of just captured the moment of sort of like american the sort of american history i suppose yeah and it feels like western stars just kind of does that again it's one of those albums that just feels like could only be made by springsteen right now and, and mm. matches the sort of um a feeling a national feeling in america and i guess that's why people have yeah um it's i don't like know what he's doing in between putting out any old crap in between but now again, he just like he just hones in and gets it right and yeah. i think western stars is that um what else you got, you got well other? see i really like the cast mccombs record oh yeah yeah <laughs> i like that that was good that was another one that was played yeah quite a lot and i just kept being like what's this again yeah yeah because it just started and i really liked his was it 2016 mangy love record oh yeah um and this is obviously the next one after that, but it's quite different. Like, I think he's one of those people that usually takes quite a while to record albums, records them in various different places in different parts, whereas this one he recorded all quite swiftly in kind of one go. And I think when you listen to it, it sounds like a much more kind of complete piece, yeah. maybe compared to some of his previous work. 
but it's great. It's got some real like thumpers on there and then some bit more chilled out bits. So kind of like the Carano Danger Mouse one. Yeah. Kind of really nice, just kind of saunter. Dinner party. It's dinner party. <laughs> dinner party. If the same guests come yeah. back, oh, I've heard that. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> um, Aldous Harding I've got to mention oh yeah that was beautiful that That's again really great. that was similar to the Kate Le Bon record because I was never I really didn't like the last one. Oh, did you not and I was just thinking it was yeah. only our album of the year you know I know it's album of the year <laughs> but I, I didn't like it <laughs> and then and now but I love this record it's so yeah. beautiful I think it's sort of it's softened some of the things that I found jarring about um, her voice mm. uh, I just I don't know maybe it was just hard to I just never fell in love with it. It's not like I don't mind a, like a jarring voice. I love Johnny Newsom or something, but um, yeah, I'd never really got on with the last record. And then this one comes, lovely, yeah, so really beautiful. Nice. So um, it's a sort of softness to it that um, there wasn't on the last record. So I really like that. Um, where else? Uh, Ezra Collective. Yeah, I feel like that could be knocking around the top ten. Yeah, um, it's a big record for us. And the install was great, and that sort of British jazz thing is yeah. Such we followed their journey a bit. Haven't we? Yeah, yeah, and I feel like um, they're kind of the, the the band that sort of represents like all things coming together with Joe mm. Armand Jones and stuff in there as well. Um, so I'd be surprised if that wasn't knocking around at the yeah. end of the year. Yeah, um, definitely. Pit Blom. Pit Blom, Wise Blood. Yeah, yeah. Wise Blood, I think might be up there. Black Midi. Black Midi, yeah. <laughs> Um, Joff and I are a bit divided on Black Midi. Do you like Black Midi? We're on the same side yeah, of the fence. We're the, same side, yeah. the divisive side of um, the fence. But ben, I, ben I appreciate them. I appreciate them. Yeah. And I think they're very talented. Yeah. But I just I just don't really get math rock, basically. No, it's too it's too math for me. Too math, um yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's like uh it's like sort of spreadsheet music. Yeah. It's like a Google Doc of of rock, yeah, it's not that interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but but Ben loves it upstairs. So, and in yeah. fact, everyone loves it here. Yeah. Um, I know Jackson's really into it as well. And um, I was ill for the install. I wasn't here because I was ill. Were oh, you here for the? I install? was. I was. And I ca- I was standing at the back, and so I could get a good view of the drummer because he's amazing. Um, and there was a huge crowd. Everyone was completely transfixed. Um, so I was like, you know, something's happening here. Mm. And then I ran to the front to get some some Instagram mm. content mm. and I crouched down right under the drummer. I have never been so like was it, deaf was after this. It it's so loud. Yeah. But I mean, amazing, but it's just so much going on. I yeah. think that's what it is for me. I've, I'm quite simple in my listening. I like to kind of <laughs> keep up with the music yeah. and that I'm a bit like, okay, I'm just getting into this. And then it just like takes a right hand corner, yeah. which is obviously the whole appeal of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Kind of that's what people love about it. I mean, yeah. That's what, but yeah. for me, it's just a bit, but I w- would fully expect that to be, in a lot of people's top tens at the yeah, end of this year, because yeah. it is just a bit of a yeah, there's a huge buzz around them. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it wasn't in there or around there. Um, girl band, their album's coming out. I know Ben's a big fan of that. It's out in September, so but um, he's been going on about that yeah for weeks now. Yeah, so I imagine that's going to be good. Yeah, um, and Flying Lotus as well. That feels like I need to mention. Yeah, that was great. So many, so many names to drop on that record. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. but amazing. Um, I mean, that's yeah. They just keep coming out, and they're only half the way through the year. So I know, I, I know. See what so Q3 much, and Q4 have got. So much to come. <laughs> metronomy. I'm looking forward to the Metronomy record. Oh yeah, I haven't heard that, but it's that's really long as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 18 tracks long. Yeah, um, they're just so fun. I think yeah, they're great. Um, Edra Furman. It's it's 
I think that might be oh, in my a new, top is there ten. A new one, is there? Yeah, it's coming in August. Okay. It's his punk record, so naturally. What date? Like, Not the same date as Taylor, because I want. I've, what date's Taylor? Twenty third. I've. I think it's the week before. There's a yeah, there's a okay. date in August, mid August, when there's a slew of records coming. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's loads of stuff. There is. Come. I mean, we could go on all day, really, couldn't we? Yeah. No. Just just to review everything. It's but good. um, but there are our picks. Yeah. Hope you've uh, all enjoyed listening. And to look for you can look forward to at least two of my choices being nominated for Grammys. Oh yes. Um, because that's the way it works. Yes, it is. So if you had to say, which two would you would you? Which say? two are going to get the Grammy? Yeah, I'd be surprised if Vampire Weekend isn't up for a Grammy. Okay. Um, Little Sims, I'd be surprised if she gets <laughs> one. And I think Stella might be a push. Okay. No, I don't know if I'll get two this year. I think just it'll just be Vampire Weekend for the Grammy this year. Okay. Sorry to the other three artists. I've just discounted well, you from the race for the Grammys. But... Well, do you not, could Fontaine's DC maybe slip in there as one of my choices? <sighs> not for a Grammy, no. No, no. That's a serious music. Uh, well. Serious music award. Oh, I'm going to write, I'm going to write to them. This is outrageous. <laughs> Joff, thank you very, very much. And Thanks we'll obviously me. see you before next year. Yeah, yeah, I might come back. Yeah. <laughs> next year. Come see back you next year. We'll, yeah. we should do a review of our we should half see how review. We, we, we should see, see how we did. Do. That's actually not, when the actual... So when you do the actual top ten, you do it with Nigel. Yeah, but then um, I can have you on in an episode after, and we'll it, just review it. Yeah, it's like I come in, it's like it's like.
there we go then I said I'd try and get that Stella Donnelly track in there for Joff so I hope you all enjoyed it and for the dance moves please email joff at roughtrade.com next in five to one this week with Dave Haslam who's written a great new book exploring why we collect the memories and emotions caught up in our personal belongings and why he decided to sell his record collection five to one baby So, Dave, welcome to the Rough Trade podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, you're no stranger to Rough Trade. Your book, Sonic You Slept On My Floor, obviously was one of our books of the year for 2018 last year. And I believe you also played Rough Trade East on Record Store Day. I did last indeed, year. yeah. I've been here a few times. Yeah, which is lovely. Um, you've obviously got a new book out called A Life in 35 Boxes How I Survived Selling My Record Collection. And it's also the first book in a new series that you're launching, um, Art Decades. Yeah. Um, it's compact, but it's a super fascinating book, um, especially the commentary on the impulse to collect, which I found really, really interesting because I think it's something everybody can relate to, you know, no matter what you collect, be it records, be it teacups, anything. I just found it so, so interesting. And also the words that you use to describe our emotional attachment um, to these collections, especially concerning, of course, music in this instance. Um, I think you say our music tastes are connected with our sense of identity. Our purchases reflect who we are, but also who we want to be. Um, You spoke to a variety of people also about their collections, namely Deck Hickey and also Daniel Soutif, um, whose two collections I think you were obviously really fascinated by. Can you maybe talk to me a bit about how you met and got to know those guys and your first impressions of talking about collecting with them yeah i mean i've obviously i've, I've been a record collector myself since uh, the mid 70s buying telegram sam by t-rex on seven inch and mm. then working my way through various black sabbath albums and then punk broke and you know i was buying the clash and uh, and then joy division and dexies so you know i've i've had a collection now for longer than I care to remember, 45 years. But, um, you know, I wondered whether my impulse to collect was the same as everyone else's because I've been a working DJ since Mm. the early 80s. So a lot of my collection, which ended up being 4,500 pieces of vinyl, were working tools that I used when I was DJing the Hacienda and Cream and around the world, in fact. And I dragged them around the world, bless them. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe there are people who are collector collectors, you know, people who buy them not to play them out. They're not working tools. They're something else. And I kind of wondered, well, what else are they? You know, mm. and so I spoke to Deck Hickey, who I've known for a while. And um, I knew him as a kind of Cabaret Voltaire New Order fan. And it turned out he, he collected Jose Feliciano records and um, he's got hundreds of them and yeah. he's got kind of he's one of those who collects all the different pressings you know the Japanese pressing um, and he only and Jose Feliciano had one big record basically which was a cover of Light My Fire mm. and Decker's got like dozens of different mm. <laughs> versions and even ones pressed at different factories and he buys them and he doesn't play them he buys them he ticks off a spreadsheet and he puts them away, you know, and I thought, well, in a way that is 
collecting at its most purest. Mm. You know, it's mm. only about the physical object. Yeah. He's heard Like My Fire by Jose Feliciano hundreds of times. Yeah. He doesn't need to listen to it again. So I was interested in speaking to him, and he said that, you know, he remembered being a young, really young guy, like a little, almost like a toddler, and collecting things back then. He kind of feels that's part of how his brain is wired um, to collect something and to feel passionate about it. Mm. Um, and, and, and the other person that I spoke to at length was a, a French guy that I met through a friend of a friend, very French, <laughs> a French philosopher. Um, and he's in his mid-70s. He'd been collecting records since the end of the 50s. A big jazz fan. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then he's also a, another kind of collector. He's almost like an archivist. He tracks down records that are almost in danger of disappearing. Mm. Records from the 1920s. Jazz records made for a very small audience. Uh, there's only one or two of them maybe remaining. Mm. And he collects them and he orders them. And he keeps them in a pristine condition. Yeah. And he documents them and he learns all about them. And, you know, he's got an amazing collection of jazz records from the 20s and 30s, some of the first ever picture sleeves um, of, of records, you know. And uh, and he's got tapes and he's got reel-to-reel. <laughs> and he's got... And, and um, in a way, you know, he's a, almost a collector as museum. Yeah. Talking there about the different types of collectors, would you say that both... Daniel and Deck are they quite different types in the way that they collect? Do you think both of them, contrary to what we're going to go on and talk about, would ever sell their collections or get rid of them? Well, I talked to Deck about what would happen if he had actually got all 1,420 uh, Jose Feliciano yeah. records on his spreadsheet, and he actually didn't know. Okay. You know, he actually the chase was yeah. what interested him. Yeah. He didn't want to complete his set. It was almost like he'd chosen to collect something that was infinite. Mm. I mean, obviously, mm. literally not infinite, but to him, you know, it was about the chase and the satisfaction of a, you know, the postman knocking on his door and here's another parcel from, mm. you know, Argentina or something that he's never heard yeah. before. Um, and I don't know what he was going to do with that collection. I spoke to Daniel in Paris uh, about his collection and I could tell it was bothering him a bit what would happen because, as I said, he's 75. You know, realistically, he knows he's not got lots of time left on God's earth. Mm. And there were other people that he'd met in his life who were, had collections similar to his, you know, really precious archive collections. And they'd passed away and the the children and whoever else took on the estate of the deceased didn't know what to do with them mm. you know and he and he spoke actually about you know friends of his where the collections had been broken up or disappeared and in a way i think for a collector whatever happens to your collection the one thing you don't want is for it to be broken up no or put in a skip yeah you know because you've spent your lifetime collecting those 120 gram pieces of you know polyvinyl chloride yeah. resin and they mean but they mean so much to you do you think there's some people that might read the book and think you selling your vinyl collection even though you've stated the reasons that you for why that you sold it. Do you think there will still be people that feel that you may have made a mistake or that it'll be something that you will regret later in life? Um, yeah, most people think I'm bonkers, okay. you know? And, and, and uh, you know, when I announced it on Facebook, I was selling them. You know, I, I did have friends phoning me up, kind of saying, you know, are, are you okay? Mm. You know, it's mm. kind of, it was, it was, 
it was a big thing, you know. Um, and so I don't, I think, on the other hand, there are people who say to me, I have a couple of boxes of vinyl that are in my loft. I have nothing to play them on. I don't actually know why I'm hanging on to them. So I'm going to read your book to kind of find out why I am or yeah. what the alternative might be and how I might feel if I got rid too. Mm. Mm. So I think it's um, uh, an issue for people, like I say, especially people who haven't got turntables yeah. or who, who've, you know, who've got a, a wonderful digital library. Uh, but but um, I think, you know, I was talking to someone the other day who said, you know, I've not listened to any of the records for 20 years. I've got no turntable, but I just could not bring myself to sell them. Yeah, yeah. I guess for them, for some people, it means it's beyond the music maybe, isn't it? It's just, it's a, a piece of history. It's places them at different moments of their life. It does, yeah. And I think the records are more than just a soundtrack to your life. You know, they're a way into memory and mm. a way into identity, mm. you know. And what were the choices, you know, that you were making and... You know, I, I, I was especially interested in when I was writing the book, thinking back to when I was a teenager, when, you know, in a lot of ways you're coming into an identity, you're finding your tribe, you know, you, you, you're thinking, well, what haircut am I having? And, mm. you know, what, what, you know, my trousers going to be flares or straights and what are my <laughs> shoes going to be like and who am I going to hang out with? And your music choices are actually part of that as well. Mm. And I was thinking about, you know, John Peel and NME and that kind of world. It was very big, you know, at the end of the 70s when I was a teenager. And just remembering how influential that was. And I would read a review in the NME of a record. And back then you couldn't listen to it. You couldn't go online. And uh, But on the strength of the review four lines in a singles review I'd go and buy the record yeah I mean I think in the book I talk about the writer James Joyce who said that if Dublin was destroyed you could remake Dublin using material from his novels and short stories oh, wow. and it's almost like the same with a record collection you could remake somebody's life if you had their record collection yeah. in front of you yeah definitely I think one of the other things is you didn't just sell your record collection to the highest bidder or to anyone who came along and said, yep, I'll take it. It was almost like rehoming a pet. Like you had to kind of assess what they wanted from your collection, what they were going to do with it, were they going to keep it together. And I think that, that was obviously really important to you, which mm. is lovely because then the collection can live on and yeah. become someone else's future. That's a, that's a really good analogy because it, it did feel very similar to that, that I was, I was passing passing it on to somebody and you know it kind of goes back in a way to what I was saying about the other people that I interviewed you know I'd kind of thought well what do I want to happen next to this collection mm. and although my kids would have been happy to take you know they're both music fans they'd be happy to take them on at the same time I kind of thought maybe there's another way so when I spoke to um, Seth Troxler the DJ which uh, for anyone who doesn't know he sent me an email that began um Dear Dave, I don't know who, if you know who I am, but I am currently one of the world's biggest DJs, <laughs> uh, which is um, true and a nice way to introduce yourself yeah. by email. And um, I got to know Seth and I went to Amsterdam and, and I went to a party with him and we kind of hung out, you know, so it was almost like he was adopting, mm. you know, my collection. And I wanted to know more about him and, and his attitudes to music. And obviously he's a DJ. He travels all around the world. And I thought... Yes, I bought so many of these records 
to give pleasure to myself, but also to give pleasure to audiences mm. when I've been DJing. And if Seth takes them on, uh, which he wanted to do, and takes them around the world, those records have a new life. Mm. They find new audiences. They give mm. pleasure to new people. And the alternative is they're going to be sat in my basement, yeah, just waiting for something, a yeah. flood, you yeah. know, or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> uh, me to fall in front of a bus and then everyone to think, what the hell are we going to do with all this? So, so selling to Seth Troxler, who's, I think he's about 34 now, something like that, um, just seemed to me perfect. It was almost like I was setting them free from the mm. basement. I'm mm. like, go off, give yeah. pleasure to other people. And um, the first thing that Seth did with the 34 boxes, 35 boxes, was take them to Ibiza for the season. Oh, wow. And so, you know, they all went off on a little all holiday. Of Amazing. All of them. Oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, so I was kind of, and, and occasionally people who go and hear Seth play will message me saying, he's just played such and such a record. I bet it was one of yours, mm. you know. Um so that's the, that's the kind of the that was the wonderful twist that I've managed to, you know, put into the book. Well, it is an absolutely brilliant book. I would recommend anyone go and read it. Um, just before you go, I just want to touch on one more thing that you mentioned in the book, which is this inequality between the amount of males to females who either DJ or collect records or even maybe just frequent a record shop. I mean, I'm pretty sure I see it every day working in a in a record store that. There's clearly a lot more men that come and shop here than women. But I wondered if you think that might change in the future. What are your hopes for it? What have you, talking to women that you know who collect vinyl, what are their thoughts on it? Yeah, well, you'll know that, I, you know, in the book I touch on that. I mean, it is a big subject so and I didn't have enough space, mm. you know, to investigate it in detail. But, you know, I talked to a number of female collectors and, you know, one of the, th I think that most of them did say that, they had had experiences where they felt like record shops were kind of male domains, but that that, that was changing, you okay. know. And I and a lot of them also, who I was talking to, were saying that you know the idea of female DJs, which was something that was quite a rarity when I started out in the mid '80s, is now something that isn't, you know. And mm. you, you look at, you know, DJs like. Uh, Black Madonna, for example, you know, one, one, one of the biggest DJs currently, you know, um, and, and you know, all, all those people, they've risen to the top purely on talent. Mm. You know, they've not made any compromise on, on their beliefs or their whatever femininity or whatever. And um, so it is changing. Well, it does touch on so many topics and it sparks so many interesting conversations that you could write separate books on, which is brilliant. But Dave, thank you so much for coming in today and congratulations on your book. And I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you to pick a track that we can play you out with today. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, Rapture by Blondie. Okay. Because it was one of the first 12-inch singles I bought and, and the picture of Debbie Harry on it, absolutely, I was in love with it basically so the whole package was something that spoke to me when mm. i was 17. brilliant thank you very much dave haslam uh, thank you
is cool, Francois, c'est pas flash and I'll do. And you don't stop, shoot shot. Go out to the parking lot and you get in your car and drive real far and you drive all night and then you see a light and it comes right down and lands on the ground and out comes a man from Mars and you try to run but he's got a gun and he shoots you dead and he eats your head and then you're in the man from Mars. You go out at night eating cars, you eat Cadillacs, Lincolns too. You keep on eating cars Then when there's no more cars You go out at night and eat up bars Where the people meet Face to face, dance cheek to cheek One to one, man to man Dance toe to toe, don't move too slow Cause the man from Mars is through with cars He's eating bars, yeah Wall to wall, door to door Hall to hall, he's gonna eat them all Rap, jaw, be pure Take a tour, through the sword Don't strain your brain
Thank you to Dave. His book, A Life in 35 Boxes, is out now and limited signed copies are available at Rough Trade, just UK, I'm afraid, at the moment. Um, but thank you very, very much, everybody who has stuck with us for the first half of the year. Um, and if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Um, and we can't wait to have you along for the ride as we head into another six months of music, guests and whatever else may come through my door. Um, if there's anything you especially want to hear, let us know in the comments or you can email me, emily at roughtrade.com. If you want to tell us your albums of the year so far, again, stick them in the comments, tweet them, etc. Um, but today I'm going to play you out with a new one from Chastity Belt's Julia Shapiro. Her new solo record, Perfect Version, is out physically this July. You can go find it at roughtrade.com. Um, Julia largely produced and recorded this record almost entirely by herself, if I'm not mistaken. And it's got all of the feels, this one. Um, it's really beautiful. And yeah, I'm going to play you this track. This is Natural, and I will catch you next week. Bye. Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.